You're listening to the Movie of the Week podcast, a podcast about movies which we review every week or until they shut us down. Welcome to another episode of the Movie of the Week podcast. I'm Jim. This is Drew. And this is Jacob. Sit back and relax as we talk about this week's movie, Iron Man. 2008. After being held captive in an Afghan cave, billionaire engineer Tony Stark creates a unique weaponized suit of armor to fight evil. Alright, let's jump into our spoiler-free section of this review. Um, what do y'all guys think? With a bunch of scraps! I was wondering if who was going to say that first. Uh, I'll admit... First time I watched this movie, I had absolutely no idea who Tony Stark was. (laughs) Or Iron Man, for that matter. I just assumed, oh, it's rip-off Batman, but in a giant suit of armor. Okay. And admittedly, it kind of is that, and yet it's not that at all. Uh, Exactly. And I will admit, I made the worst mistake when I watched this movie the first time. I left during the credits. Oh. Yeah, that's what made me I did not know... That there was going to be an after credit scene. Well, most people and, didn't back then, but it was... Right, and now it's just assumed. Uh, I sh- wish I'd have stayed because that is a great lead-in yeah. going forward. So, yeah, if you have n- somehow not watched Iron Man, fast-forward to the end of the credits. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, Disney Plus has that feature where you could just fast-forward to the end of the credits. That's nice. Really? Okay, Yeah, cool. I didn't expect it. I was like, oh, it says fast-forward to the end of the credits. Well, the the uh, Paramount Blu-ray does not have that. Ah. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. So, because uh, yeah, this movie was originally released by Paramount Pictures. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I hope you agree. It's the truth. It is true. <laughs> and the truth will set you free. Precisely. Anyway, uh, Jacob, I do. I do enjoy this movie, <laughs> and it's the great a great start to a great franchise. It's very true. Uh, bringing essentially. Because before this point, the only really, I think, what most people consider good superhero Marvel superhero franchises was the original Spider-Man trilogy and a bunch of the, and the X-Men yeah. franchise. Yeah. And it. pretty much that was it. Every other thing they had tried either worked great in one movie and then Peter was horrible in the second or didn't even get past the first movie. Uh, or was on TV. Or was right. on TV and directed by Roger Corman. Yeah. Uh, for the sole purposes of keeping rights where they were supposed to be. Yeah. Or, or where the studios wanted them. Uh, this was really, I think, the first time where I went into a superhero movie that I knew nothing about ahead of time and was genuinely a fan leaving the theater. I can't say that about pretty much anything else that I did not know who the superhero was prior to this point. Because I couldn't say that about Hulk. Because I, I, the, the original Hulk movie did not really grab me the first time I saw it. And Daredevil, I feel, was the same way. Even though I think both those movies looking back are pretty decent. Uh, but yeah, this movie, I think, does what uh, no one expected it to do. And it's, like I said, it starts off one of my favorite franchises right now. So, yeah. Jacob? All right. To quote the movie in a a certain way, kind of 
reflects the way this movie, um, its journey and its arc. Without spoilers. No, no to, yeah, no spoilers, obviously. Uh, we have a character that says, all right, sir, that's what, that's what we're trying to do, but honestly, it's impossible. And this is what movie that's literally started out as an impossibility. The fact to be like they're start they're they're using basically a third tier Marvel character, using an actor who didn't have the greatest representation in Hollywood at the time. Be like, yeah, he had a. Sl- uh, I'm gonna talk about Robert Downey Jr. But at the same time, be like, this was lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. of a movie. Uh, I had heard of Iron Man uh, simply because my cousin had comic books and he had an Iron Man comic. And uh, I watched the trailer and it's like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then going to the theaters and watching it, I was I was blown away. It's like, ah, this is incredible. Like, like if you, if you if you step back away from more of the 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 geek centric idea of this movie, it is a it is a great cinematic film. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's it's cinema candy in a lot of ways. That someone who is a diehard comic book fan is going to love it, and also a person who is a cinema fan is going to love it because, oh my gosh, the director, what's his name? Favreau, John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau, <laughs> thank AKA you. AKA Happy Hogan. Yeah, John Favreau did an amazing job with this film. Mm-hmm. The the fact be like it was like again against the odds. It was. Be like they they were rolling, you know, ten to one on this movie doing any well at all. Yeah, and they hit the mother of all jackpots with this movie, especially since this one was not in the uh, budgets that they got when they uh, got the loan from the bank, so they almost couldn't make the movie. Exactly. Okay. A one a million shot making this film, and they and it went off spectacularly. Yes, and now we have ten years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Twenty-two movies. 22 movies. That's nuts, starting with this film. Anyway. It's 23 that have been released. Yeah. Anyway. Either way, be like, it's a fantastic film. If you have not watched it, go watch it. So I'm pretty sure most people have watched it. I know, I know some people that, be like, they wouldn't watch Infinity War. Some Infinity War. Infinity War. Game without having seen any other Exactly. Movies. Madison. I <laughs> don't know how you even knew what was going on. Yeah. Oh, believe me, this person didn't. He was like, "Who's this? Oh, I know who Iron Man is. I know who Thor is. What's going on?" Anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, it's pretty much been covered. Uh, but I just want to say this is one of those movies that it, essentially this launches comic book movies into the modern era. This is the right. movie that really uh, made nerd. Well, this is the 2008 is the year that basically was the renaissance for comic book movies. Um, it was basically and and push nerd culture into uh, the forefront of pop culture uh, because this movie came out the same year as uh, the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight, yeah, the Dark Knight. That's right, yeah, with uh, um, Heath Ledger. So um, mm-hmm. those two, this movie and the other, uh, both uh, kind of created the like I said, essentially a renaissance for uh, nerd culture. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, I'm surprised, um, but you definitely should watch it. I guess if you're young, I mean, it, it did come out 12 years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you may not have been old enough to watch this movie and you're listening to this, but if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's fantastic. It's worth the time, worth the effort. Anything else before we jump into the spoiler filled section? Because I think we really just need to jump in. I think we do too. 
Right. All I gotta see is suit up. So uh, here we go. Um, if you haven't seen this film and are afraid of spoilers, uh, be prepared and maybe pause it and watch the movie first. If you've seen it or are not afraid of spoilers, uh, join us as we jump into the spoiler-filled section of this review. This movie is one of... Uh, it's such a pinnacle in film, I think. It's, such a, uh, it's, a, it's a high point... In many ways for film even though it's just a comic movie because of all the effects it had on society going forward uh how it uh, adjusted how people saw comic book movies how they saw uh, stuff like that i think john favreau is uh is not given enough credit for what he's done for cinema no. and for nerd Agreed. culture uh, i saw this movie four times in theaters which is the record for me for any film mm. um I remember I remember 2008 pretty well because I saw this one four times and I think I saw um, The Dark Knight three times in theaters. Um, what I loved about this film is it didn't deteriorate or get worse in any way. The mm -hmm. more I watched it, The Dark Knight loses a lot because of suspense and stuff like that. But this film, mm -hmm. it was just so cool. I mean, <laughs> that's literally... I mean, Iron Man is, again, like mentioned, a BC list character. People knew him from the Avengers. There were mm -hmm. uh, comic fans who knew him and loved him. He was on cartoons. But, I mean, he was never the A-list. He was a prominent member of the Avengers. He was one of the top guys there. But, I mean, as far mm -hmm. as sales go beyond that, he was a B or C list. You can still pick up most of Iron Man comic books from back in the day for relatively cheap. Um you know they were they were okay. He had there were some great lines they had uh, a series uh, of issues where you know the writing was phenomenal. They dealt with his alcoholism, uh, mm -hmm. but really most people didn't know that much about Iron Man going into this. But man, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of uh, Tony Stark and it, mm -hmm. it, the 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 similarity of the two people is Agreed. so close, and it 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 is almost the best casting i think there's ever been you could argue patrick stewart as xavier's pretty dang close um, yeah. especially within comic films but uh robert downey jr is perfect for this movie so i'll let y'all talk and then i'll get back to raving about it in a minute like i said before i knew nothing about iron man outside of Maybe I, I vaguely remember there were a couple episodes of the Spider-Man animated series yep. from the uh, mm -hmm. early nineties yep. where he, they did essentially a giant crossover with pretty much any, any Marvel character that they could get away with. And I'm fairly certain that might've seen Iron Man in that. Yeah, he was in but the at the time prior to this, my knowledge of Marvel comics was really Spider-Man X-Men, and by X-Men, I just mostly mean the 90s X-Men show and and whatever had shown up in the uh, the movies by that point. And that was it. I just knew nothing about Marvel Comics prior to this point. And when I first heard they're doing an Iron Man movie, I thought, my first thought was, I guess there's a story that could be told there? I don't know. I don't know anything about this character. So the first time I... I I, first time I'm walking into the movie theater, I'm going, if they can pull this off, I'll be amazed. Not only could they pull this movie off, uh, Marvel has surprised me multiple times throughout the MCU, but uh, with characters I never expected to uh, enjoy, and we'll 
get to we'll get there when we get there on those. But uh, I remember the first time I saw I mean, the beginning of this movie, where after you see the logo, which is slightly changed, <laughs> and uh, you see the uh, the the Humvees driving through the desert. I'm, and it starts into the... I can't remember the name of that song. Um, what's the name of that song? It starts is with it the, Back uh, in Black? Da-na-na. Yeah. Da-na-na. Yeah, I, Back in Black. Back in Black. I, back I, in Black. I'm bad with ACDC. And it starts into that. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting into this. This is kind of fun. And then the... The, the, the fun V gets shot up. <laughs> yeah. And you get that whole beginning scene. And all of a sudden it's like... I am now actually interested in what's going on. And then they go back and start giving the exposition. And it's like, you know, if you had started with this, I would not have cared. Right. But I just saw this man nearly die. I'm now interested in who he is. Yeah. And the slow build up into here's uh, here's Tony Stark. Here he, He's building. He's got this other guy in there. They're building. They first build the. Uh, arc, mini arc reactor and they kind of explain what that is without going into great detail because you don't need to they show the building of all this stuff and he that escape from the essentially what I looked up look what I looked at as escaping from the Taliban yeah, <laughs> even though time. that's not who it was at yeah. the time that was my first thought I was like oh he's escaping from the Taliban in this giant robot suit that is absolutely ridiculous I am loving this movie. <laughs> well, they do a really good job of walking the line on the edge of horror with some of the scenes um, yeah, agreed. in the cave and a few others in this film. Like, I'm not saying it's a horror film or anything, but th- it has that sort of, oh my God, people well, I mean, are going to die and this of, is scary. It's got elements yeah, of it. There's lots of scary stuff going on with this, especially at the time, you know, this was only, what, seven years after 9-11 and so terror we were still in the middle of the war on terror at this point Mm yeah it was this this was all very real and we just saw a man in a scrap robot (laughs) shoot up all these different people and instead of just flying off and flying away like any other superhero movie would do yeah he shoots off and the thing starts falling apart and he crashes (laughs) in the desert yeah it's like I really hope the satellite caught this because <laughs> if someone's not coming to help him now, this is going to be a very short movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get back there and it's like, and uh, yeah, they have to go get the Burger King hamburger first before the press conference. Right. Which is funny. That was so good. And then uh, he gets very clean. There's not a point, I think, in this movie where Robert Downey Jr.'s character is not absolutely believable, despite the 180-degree turn he makes at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I just... He goes from being a selfish, self-interested... Uh, a stimulus... Not stimulus. Um, what do you call Eager, that? The, egocentric? No, I mean, the top... The, the, the kid that has the the fund that so he doesn't ever have to worry a about trust working. fund trust fund the fact that he's essentially a bratty trust fund baby the first half the first 30 40 minutes of this movie and then he is like the hero that everyone is expecting him to be and he makes this 180 degree turn and it's believable because 
he it makes perfect sense at the after, time. After, it does. It makes perfect sense. You see, you can see it work in his mind. Here's what. Here's all what why my weapons have done. Here's where I'm making my money. I can't do that with this on my conscience. Yep. And so from that point on, he is making atonement mm-hmm. for essentially what he feels like the countless sins that he is guilty of by just letting the obvious, the guy with the obvious bad guy name uh, run his company <laughs> for so many years. And don't get me wrong, I love Jeff Bridges, but... I really wish they could have given him a better name than Obadiah Stane. Hey, he's because old. you can't. I know this, <laughs> but you can't look at the name Obadiah Stane and not go. I bet you that's the bad guy. Well, you can. You could probably blame people like Stanley and many I, of the granted, creators. That that is one of the things you do run into with. Are you comic, Stan? With a comic book movie, sometimes you are dealing with a character who was never meant to be thought of in a very deep way it's like oh this is a bad guy okay his real name is obadiah stayed and he's going to be the iron monger well and and remember <laughs> and when, that's probably as much thought was put into this well thing. and and remember even if it wasn't back during uh the 60s when these comics were created 60s yeah. 70s yeah they were marketed towards children so if who you came across like a this? character who had a weird name like that it was that little hint that yeah. they're right. dark mysterious and they have a name like then maybe maybe this guy might not be worth trusting. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But when you look at it in 2009, and it's like, you know, I almost wish they'd have just renamed the character. <laughs> Freddie Smith. I'm also glad that they didn't, because it's like, you know what? I love his character in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Yes. I mean, uh, he's... Jacob already quoted him in one up in one mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. When uh, a- after you know the guy says this, the technology to power this is impossible. He says Tony Stark made this in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> and so, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. If, I know Tony's smart, but if he can make this in a box of, if he can make this out of scrap metal, why can't you? <laughs> Well, he's, it's his design. When you have the whole thing, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's just you would think someone who studies the, uh, the the large arc reactor could at least thought of, what would happen if we shrink this? Yeah. Is it even possible to shrink this? Well, yeah. I know we don't have funding, but, yeah. you know, thought processes. Especially when, you know, Tony Stark's saying, I want to get out of the weapons business. Yeah. The power of life. No matter life how and- much that's uh, believable. Right. Right. Time. Yeah, the power of a life and death situation <laughs> and your mind. Uh, yeah, it yeah. does help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of changes it your does perspective help a little a bit. Genius. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I don't like. Here's the thing about this movie. Um, there's not anything bad about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate that to say that about a movie. Yeah, that is what this movie. Uh, that is a that is a big problem with the movie. The only to complain the about. only problems I have are looking back, like. Like, oh, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I've seen all the movies that come after, and I look back and I go, I really wish Don Cheadle was in this one. (laughs) Yes, that's what I was going to say! I mean, I don't, and again, though, don't get me wrong, I do think Terrence Howard does a great job. He does do a great job. I either want... I either want Don Cheadle in this movie or Terrence Howard to have gone forward. <laughs> I, I think want one of them because you get that scene where he looks back at the Mark II suit yeah, and says, next, next time, baby. Yeah. Like, no. Oh. 
poor Howard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're gonna get replaced by Don Cheadle. Cheadle. I love Don Cheadle. Don I Cheadle's like amazing too, actor. But it's like, add, I'm not sure if that's an upgrade or a downgrade. I think traditionally it might have been seen as a downgrade, but I think he's done so good. Yeah. Well, it, it, hel- it helps seeing all the other movies that you actually have. Uh, Connections more to the Don Cheadle right, version true. than the Terrence Howard. That's true too. Um, in much the same way that, well, we'll get to Hulk when we get to Hulk. I saw mm-hmm. I saw him in Iron Man two though, and I was like, this is an improvement. Yes, but you yeah. know, either way. But that's one of the his things com- about this film. But Don Cheadle's comedic timing is better because Agreed. yeah, because of the way of how well this is written and how well it's directed. It it kind of almost feels like it's so perfect that it wouldn't have mattered who was in it. But at the same time, everybody is a good actor in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeff Bridges, Terrence Howard, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, even the reporter, Leslie Bibb. I love her in almost everything I've seen her in. Uh, yeah. We get Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson. We get yes. Yes. so great. In, in his introduction yeah. as Agent Coulson. And yes. He doesn't even have a name in this movie besides Agent, Agent, Agent yeah. Coulson. Well, he's called Agent Coulson. Well, he is called Agent Coulson, but we know nothing about this character other than yeah. he will not leave our main cast alone. He must, he, he must, he, he has an appointment. A debrief. He's got a debrief. He an appointment. I'll give you an appointment. It'll be the best appointment you've ever had in yeah. your office. Just hurry up. Let's go. <laughs> but Paul Bettany shows up as Jarvis for the first time. Yes. yes. Uh, we get John Favreau as Hogan, who is uh-huh. happy Hogan. Who's fantastic. Yes. I think I, I, again, I don't think there's anybody in this film who does a bad job. Uh, but those are all, and most of these people I've mentioned are stars. Uh, part of that yeah. because of the universe. Part of that from before. I think it's, it's just, weird how much of an of an all star casting this is at the beginning of the cinematic yeah. universe. Yeah. yeah. Well, like heavy hitters. Well, yeah. again, I think this is just one of those films that they did all the work to begin with. They yeah. knew they, and at this time, they knew they wanted to set up the cinematic universe. This wasn't done without that concept. Even yeah, though right. it could have been, but they knew that going forward, they were planning this well, Marvel mean, if, Cinematic if, if they weren't going to be planning it, they would not have made sure to cast Samuel L. Jackson, right. <laughs> yes, the literal model for the ultimate unit version, ultimate universe version of yes, yes, of a uh, Nick Fury, Nick, Nick Fury. Fury, as Nick Fury. It's like right because you see him come on screen, and there's just something that you look at him and go. That's Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Mace Windu. I don't see uh, the guy from the original uh, from from Pulp Fiction. Right. I see Nick freaking Fury, and I knew that's who it was the first time I saw the movie, despite the fact having never read the Ultimate Comics universe and only barely remembering there was a guy named Nick Fury. Pause and side note: Did you just drop the f bomb? No. No. What did you say? At what point? You said Nick. Fury. I heard Nick fucking Fury, but I don't know what no, else you said. I didn't, I didn't say if it. If I said anything, if I got close, you might have said freaking, I guess. But I might have yeah. said freaking or freaking because I do have a bad tendency on that. But I'm, I, I'm just curious. I'm gonna have to listen to playback. But <laughs> I don't your mom is gonna be upset. <laughs> it's like wait, my son no. said what? But it's I, but it's I, Sam <laughs> Jackson. It is Sam Jackson. <laughs> I think I might have said it's Nick Stinking Fury. It could have been, but it did not it, sound it like it on like my. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if if I would have heard 
Drew said, be like, whoa, man. Yeah, that's that's worse language than I mean, if I said that, my hair would have caught on. Look, that. look, <laughs> see, there is there is a perfectly legitimate excuse to say it with Samuel Jackson because that's like his word. He owns that word. He probably gets money every time we use that word. So just saying. Which uh, is really weird considering the 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 role I most know him for. He legally can't say that word. True. Because Disney will not allow it. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> there's, his there's... final when the when the Marvel Cinematic Universe is dying because they've run out of stories. They're gonna yes. do a Nick Fury movie and it's gonna be rated R. Agent of Shield, Nick Fury, and he will drop an F bomb or it'll be his last uh scene in any of the movies and yes. either he'll say it or get part of it out. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. It, okay, yeah, that's the thing. All these movies are PG thirteen. I know. You are allowed one. one. Yeah. <laughs> And one. if anyone's gonna get one, it's gonna be him it's or Captain America. <laughs> it's gonna be him or Captain America for the comedy. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I doubt that we're gonna get Captain America back for a long time. True. Yeah. I, I, not not Chris Evans. I'm not not uh, Steve anyway. Yeah, yeah. We get Falcon. We get the Falcon. Anyway. I we'll, so hope he says Falcon punch at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I guess we ought to get back to the film. Uh, yes back to the review but yeah i think again i think it's just a perfect film because it's got everybody in it and it's as far as like and i'm I'm not saying a perfect perfect film but it is pretty close everything it is all the homework was done everything was Mm -hmm. put together well even if it's not perfect to the comic which i don't i mean you know again like i've said before in other reviews that's not something Mm -hmm. i fully expect you just have to be uh at least it has to be uh, similar enough to the comic that it feels right. You know, you've got to have mm-hmm. some of the aspects and it's got to feel good when you put them near each other. Uh, and this well, movie I, does I, a great job of that. And again, everyone is in it and they do a great job. So agree. I think it helps that there would be let with, with an Iron Man movie, there were going to be let fewer chefs in the kitchen. That on is this true. One than on something like, uh, like an X-Men or yeah. a Spider-Man movie or maybe even a, a Superman movie we just reviewed recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's less really to lose. I mean, this was an experimental movie. True. This movie could have either... If this movie had done well, done, had done poorly, this movie had flopped, we wouldn't have a cinematic universe no, we wouldn't about right now. I feel like... Ex- and they would not have lost any... Marvel may have gone under at the, if that had happened, but... Uh, and it's not that there's no saying it really didn't since it got bought out. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like uh, we it would be a different it would be we would be in a different world right now if Iron Man had done poorly. Yeah, I feel like Agreed. experimental was uh, is not the right word. I feel like they knew this was a good movie and it was going to make money. I think there was a lot of question if it would make this kind of money. Like I don't think this was what they were ex- I think they were expecting success in the 2008 era of success. Right. They uh, were expecting maybe to get an Iron Man 2 out of this. Right, right. And, and yeah. so they left enough uh enough, enough easter eggs that they could at least do an, an Iron Man 2 and then for those people who are s- strange enough to stay tuned to the end of the credits we'll do this other little thing we'll drop name drop the avengers right maybe we'll do something with that maybe right. we won't i mean that's essentially all that happens with hulks yeah a- after not not quite after credit scene too yeah but 
I, I think they wanted, I mean, I, I think from the beginning they were planning to go forward and do big. But again, like you said, I think they, they had tapered expectations in case. But they knew I know, this was gold. I just yeah, don't I think knew, they knew it was I know, platinum. I knew Kevin Feige, I know Kevin, Kevin Feige and uh, the Marvel film division at that time was really wanting to get away from this idea of a movie Three just movies. being... <laughs> uh, an X-Men movie or just being a Spider-Man movie because the more you, because, because as good as like say the Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies were, and I think still are, they uh, don't really tell how the Marvel storytelling process generally works because they're, the Marvel universe is one universe. It's all mm-hmm. one story that happens to have a trillion play, uh, uh, stories going on at the, same time and that's what we get with the cinematic universe is that we get this one big story made up of all these little stories and this was the first one to, to that really got people interested and it's a great thing we got it got a good one to start with yeah i i think you know the thing about marvel in general is they do build to that big storyline i feel like the movies mm-hmm. one of the things they did is they established those three lines essentially you know captain america Thor and Iron Man as their own mm-hmm. series, which feels more like the comic way. Because in comics, yeah. you would you would be trucking along with one series, and next thing you know, they're like, okay, a crossover event is coming. You might want to read this, or hey, yeah. finish this storyline in another series. So it it is very much like their business model in general. Agreed. Uh, the only thing is we don't get that little note in the bottom right-hand corner yeah. of the screen. Is, to find out what they're talking about here, go watch uh, I, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. Well, no, but they did kind of start putting at the end of the films after a while, see them next time in this film. Yeah, so true. They got in well, a habit once of... You get, once you got to Phase 3, but then yeah. you, at the same time, a lot of their after credit scenes later on are <laughs> cheats because yeah. it's like... Here's a scene from the next movie. It's like, you know what? I don't want to see a scene from the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a funny scene that goes along with this movie that happens to help set up another movie. Yeah. Right. Because that's one of the things I like about... Uh, well, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I MCU is one of my favorite franchises, and I want to talk about all of them well, at the same I time. I think everybody is a big fan of the MCU in general, or at least yeah. most people. I would say on average... Probably seven out of ten people are going mm-hmm. to love it. Um, is okay. Here's a question, and this is, I think, for this movie, considering how good it is, is there anything you don't like in this movie, Jacob? Let's start with you because I, I huh. you need to talk more. Yeah, I, 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 I need to think. <laughs> huh? Something I don't like about this movie, and you can say nothing. I mean, that's fine. But if, if there's something I you don't do like about something, the film, if I do have something, if you don't have anything, well. I would say in the uh, like towards the very end of the film with the fight between Iron Man and the Iron Monger. Am I saying that right? Monger. Yeah. yeah. They never yeah. actually say the Iron Monger's name, but that's yeah. who it is. Yeah, but he Iron says Monger. early in the film, "I'm an Iron Mon- or we're Iron Mongers," I'm, or something like yeah. that. Or, exactly. Yeah. I think he says War Mongers, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah. Either either way, it's the fact to be like during that scene, be like it's a beautifully well done scene, but there's. There's a few scenes where the animation, the uh, the CG is not done as well. I mean, like they, they did a fantastic job, definitely for a movie that was mm-hmm. done in 2009. Eight, 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 2008. I mean, like the the CG in this movie is very well done, but there were still limitations with this film. So you do have scenes where 
the animation, the the CGI. People would call it animation because I'm, I'm still pouring back to the, uh, the podcast. Well, I mean, it is CGI animation, right? So th- there are there are little scenes here and there that break the illusion of this, you know, being, you know, glass perfect. It, it's got some imperfections here and there with the with the uh, CG animation. Is this mostly on Iron Man and Iron Monger themselves? Because I yes. That is one of the advantages, uh, the fact that that fight does take place at night, is they yeah. can play yep. oh, yeah, they can hide a it. little bit with that. Your lighting does not have to be perfect Yeah, for that. Uh, along those same lines, uh, one of the... I mean, this movie introduces us to what, I w- what I'm going to call Tony Stark OS, uh, the operating <laughs> system. Uh, his, his user interface, uh, his 3D user interface, oh my that, God. It's, it's the first time we get it here. Yeah. But here's the thing. That first scene when he's tearing apart the Mark I armor, which I'd love to know where he got those plans, considering he never drew those plans up. He, he <laughs> so probably he has an eidetic memory. Probably. Probably, probably did that. But, you know, it, that, that was just a little weird. But here's the thing. that Whatever effect they used to composite that imagery did not age well. Hmm. It really does look like it's shot onto glass that is sitting in front of Tony Stark. And it's the, or or it's, it reminds me of the old uh, hologram footage from the original Star Wars trilogy. Hmm. Where there's a little bit of what feels like interlaced cathode ray tube-ness to it that does not feel right. Okay. And the colors are muted. For those, especially comparison going forward, when right. obviously their budget for the CG on those interfaces was much bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so present in the helmet scenes, strangely enough. Yeah. In the helmet scenes, they are perfect. It's just on his table in that first shot, It you look. I look at it and go, that looks old. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is 12 it, years old, I guess. So. Is twelve years old, and I can forgive it for that if it weren't for the fact that the footage later on in that same room on that same table is better. Yeah, I didn't notice. I literally, I remember when all that when I first saw it, and it was just so mind-boggling how awesome yeah. that idea was. I mean, I still I, don't notice a problem with it, but hey, that's just me. I only I, I've noticed it in the last two viewings of the movie. Yeah, uh, it's not a deal killer. It's just one of those weird things you look at and go. That shows how old this movie is. Yeah, yeah. Right there next to the uh, flip phone. <laughs> yes, agreed. Dating things that happen. Dating things a touch. Yeah. Um, Which is hard to think. 2008, we were still using flip phones primarily. Yeah. Hey, you can buy the them. The iPhone was out. I know that. Because that was out in 2006, I thought. Yeah. yeah. The, the, but it wasn't common yet. No. There's actually on, there's actually a new Razor out right now that's a Yeah, I was about phone. to say they have a new Razor out. <laughs> I don't want to know about this. I have an iPhone. I'll stay with the iPhone. I don't, want to, I don't need to know about a new Razor. <laughs> and besides that, even if I got it, it ain't going to be as good as my original Razor. That might be true. Might be true. true. Probably not as cool for sure. Uh, not as cool. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. What else do we need to talk about on this film? Um, <laughs> it's good. Uh, I think that's basically... It is very good. That's yeah. really the it's, gist of it. Uh, I would say that this was the first... 
it, it really felt like this was the first time in a comic book movie that they said, you know what? Yes, we're going to keep the ridiculous parts in here. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you had some ridiculousness in Spider-Man and X-Men, but they always tried to dress it up, say, here's a more modern take on it. Here's a more yep. realistic take. Mm-hmm. No, we just get, oh, uh, the armor is red and gold. Okay, so it's made out of a gold alloy, and oh, that looks a little garish. We'll paint it red. Yeah. Oh, you have a... Uh, he's got two little arm robots that are kind of his pets. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he can build this entire thing in a cave with essentially a box of scraps. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they're incredibly advanced scraps. And yes, he probably does know every inch of every weapons design he ever worked on. Right. So he knows what's in everything. He didn't have to restudy any of this stuff. And any other superhero movie of this era that would have been considered ridiculous and would have been changed to make it more believable sure yeah prior to this no this is like no in this way it's like you know what that happens have fun yeah Yeah. i think and again like i said at the beginning with this being a renaissance this is where we see them taking that step beyond uh the spider-man franchise the x-men franchise and going well yeah we can try and do almost anything. We're willing to actually do a comic movie without having to justify it. Uh, now, there are a couple of cases after this where we do see some of that, where they kind of try to, you know, uh, Iron Man 3, I guess, uh, and or a couple other things. There are some instances where they go, mm, we don't really want to do that completely. Um, we're going we're gonna to kind of nerf it. But in general, yeah. they... they this is where they start leaning into it. And, you know, we see Thor, we see in a bunch of other uh, films in this franchise where we get to see craziness and comicness. Stuff they would have went, well, we can't do that. You can't have a talking raccoon. Uh, or, you know, a tree, or a tree that only says, I, I am, am and in that order. Right. Yeah. Like that, But this is where we see them go, we can make a comic movie. We can make it like the comic books in general. Mm-hmm. And... And we don't have to justify a thing, right? We don't exactly. have to, we don't have to turn every villain into something different. We don't have to turn everything into a more justified purpose. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a good comic movie, and it's going to be a good movie at the same time because we're going to put money, time, good actors, good writing, and good directing into yeah. it. And that's what we got. So you know, yeah, yeah. Because you have to remember, at the time, I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy was big at this time. Like you said. Uh, the Dark Knight itself was out that year. Yeah, same year. And the entire concept of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy was, what if Batman was realistic? And then you've got Iron Man. It's like, what if Iron Man was just Iron Man? <laughs> well, intuitive. And it's just, and it's like, it, it, and we embrace every amount of silliness that the Iron Man comics had, except... We're going to make the Iron Man suit look cooler than it did in the comic book. But to an extent, though, of all the characters, Iron Man is probably one of the most human characters in all of the comics. Yeah, and more realistic. I mean, you can say he's, I mean, because he's such a genius, he can make a costume that can fly and all these things. But we do get that very comic book Iron Monger, bad guy monster. We do yeah. get. I mean, uh, Obadiah Stane. Yeah, Obadiah Stane is very much a mustache-twirling villain. Yeah. He is a bad guy because it helps himself. 
But it really helps. He does not really care about anybody But else. it really helps that he's that classic American capitalist who's willing to do yeah. whatever to make money. Because right. that is a very believable and true comic, uh, real-world mm-hmm. concept. So, you know, I mean, while they're willing to step out of realism a little bit more with movies like this, they didn't have to do too much for this. No. Uh, you know. So. There's not much here that they can take out of context and it not make sense. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, we get a little bit of uh, science magic with uh, the arc reactor and how awesome it is and all these things. But mm-hmm. in general, I mean, it all seems like stuff that could happen. So, you know, and I think that it was just a, 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 a magical combination of so many great things. So, Well, I mean, it helps that they give you a little bit of techno babble, just enough that you understand the general concept of how it works, but they don't get into anything specific. Right, right. Very true. Like they do in some good Star Trek and stuff, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, we need. We really should jump into that franchise at some <laughs> point. Sounds fun. Uh, okay, so guys, uh, what else do we need to touch on before we hit our star rating? I guess nothing. So, I can't think yeah. of anything. I think we're good. All right. I so, do want to point out one interesting little bit of trivia. Sure. We have already reviewed Spider-Man, yeah. I believe. Uh which Spider-Man? Iron Man, uh, the uh, Homecoming. Yeah, we have reviewed Homecoming. Yeah, we have reviewed Homecoming. Uh, Iron Man, his first flight is over, or his, his first fight with Ironmonger is over on the West Coast, a carnival with a uh, Ferris wheel. Spider-Man's first movie is at a carnival with a Ferris wheel, and they destroy the carnival. Um, Iron Man could not destroy the... Iron Man didn't destroy the carnival, but Spider-Man did. Interesting how that mirrors. Spider-Man's second film is the carnival. No, it's the first one, because it's when they're chasing the... When when they're chasing the the LED plane, I call it the LED plane, that that, uh, Stark Industries is using to move out of Avengers Tower, that's at the end of Homecoming. That's, oh, see, all, I'm, that's I'm, the Vulture's I'm entire of plan. the next one where they're on the Ferris wheel in Europe. See, I, well, there, oh, there's yeah. another Ferris wheel. Another Ferris wheel. So anyway. We, yeah. we don't get a scene on the Ferris wheel. We just see the Ferris yeah. wheel, I believe, crash. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we, we, see, we see a plane go through the Ferris wheel. <laughs> mm, true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. As it, was broad, as it was reflecting that Ferris wheel back at itself. Yeah. All right, guys. Anyway. Um, I guess let's, uh, let's do our star rating. Uh, who would like to go first? I'm giving this four and a half stars. I mean, I'm not even sure why I'm not going ahead and giving it five. I'm, I'm being honest. It's just something doesn't feel right about going the full five. And I guess it's just because I think, uh, we get some better films with Tony Stark after this point. That uh, I think this is a great start, and especially when you look forward to even all the way up to Endgame, there's some nice callbacks all the way back to this movie. Yeah, um, that I just highly, highly appreciate. This is just a great start to a great franchise, and the only reason I can't write it any better than this is because I know there's better coming. So yeah, four and a half stars. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and uh, give it five. I think this movie is just so perfect in the way it's put together and how it played 
And I've never watched a movie more than I've seen this movie in theaters. Um, and it held up perfectly every time. Um, you know, there, there's just something about it. It was it, it's so cool. It worked so well. Um, and I'm not a big fan of giving out fives, but I think this movie deserves it. Uh, if you look at the impact it's had on all the films going forward, I think mm -hmm. there has been plenty of great movies with Tony Stark in them, but I still think this movie is just phenomenal. Um, even watching it today before the review, there are times I'm just so in it because it's so good. And again, like I said, I think I, well, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I've seen this movie like three times this year. Um, and some of those were just, you know, turning on a movie while I'm trying to go to sleep or whatnot, but, uh, I think they do such a good job of telling the story of Iron Man and creating, uh, the perfect groundwork for the MCU. Um, you know, whether that, not just the fact we see Sam Jackson at the end is, uh, Fury, but mm. I think it does such a good job of telling a good story, like you said, with that intro scene and the Humvee blowing up and him. And we care about Tony Stark before we even know who he is in this movie. Yeah. I think it's just... I think John Favreau is, again, so underrated, I think, as a director. Um, and I know he's getting a lot more props now since he's been doing The Mandalorian and stuff. But mm -hmm. even in 2008 and even before... I mean, he's a good actor, too. Uh, so, But he's... He's a, a great talent, and I think uh, I think almost everything he's doing is good. So, but this movie deserves all the stars. So I'm giving it a five. All right, so I'll give it a five whoppers. <laughs> whoppers. <laughs> well, it's it's Burger King. Come on, an American cheeseburger. An American cheeseburger. A whopper with cheese. That before the press conference. That before yeah. the press conference. Yes. the The simple fact of this movie is it's gold. No pun intended. Just in <laughs> execution, performance, acting, script, directorial, uh, everything about it. It's a yeah, it's got a little hiccups here and there due to technology when it was made. Mm -hmm. But overall, be like the fact that this was the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and every movie following it had to try to top it or keep it that same level. And so you had such a high bar with every film that came after it. So that's why I give it a five, because it's that well done execution-wise of a film. Uh, it's just one of those films, you, uh, you like I said before, you can either be the, the comic book nerd who loves everything about it because it says all this about comics, or you can watch it as a cinema buff and just look at the, the pure genius of how they did this film. And the fact to be like this was a one in a million shot, like it was the box of scraps that no one was counting on, and it became gold at the very end of it. So that's why it's five stars for me. I wanna I wanna pair it off of what you said about it raising the bar, creating the bar. I think it raised the bar for comic book movies, and I think movies in general. I it mean, we, it was at the same time as Christopher Nolan's uh, masterpiece of The Dark Knight, and again. I can put them side by side, and they are both phenomenal films. Probably even both fives by many people. Um, but I think this movie is better because of what it has done for cinema and what it's done for comic movies. At the same time, Dark Knight, again, I'm not trying to say it's not doing those things. I think this movie did more. And again, it raised the bar, and it created this... 
not only we don't have to make a hyper realistic movie and make it edgy and make it dark and make it whatever and mm-hmm. in order to have success we can raise the bar and still do it the way it was intended to be done mm-hmm. and just put the time and energy and effort into it and that will lead us to success and again every movie after it had to like you said be close to that level there are very few bad movies in the MC universe because they knew that they had to take their time like mm. they did for this one. So I agree. Agree. This is this movie is the best start that Earth 1999-99 could have had. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I'm All sorry, right. I had to throw in that little reference. Okay, it's good. All right. Um, and unless there's nothing else, then uh, that's our review of Iron Man from 2008. You've been listening to the Movie of the Week podcast. If you'd like to follow Jim, you can find me at on Facebook and Twitter as Passive Creative or on Instagram as Passive Creator. This is Drew, and you can follow me on my photo bin on Facebook. It's at Drew's Photo Bin. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, where I try to leave a review of every single movie we review. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can find Jacob on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. You can also find me on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. You can also listen to our sibling show that Jacob and I are on at thecellcast.podbean.com, where we review animated movies. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Please remember the opinions expressed in this podcast are for entertainment purposes and are those of the creators alone. At the end of the day, the only opinion that matters on whether or not you should watch a movie or whether you enjoy it is your own. As always, thank you for listening to the Movie of the Week podcast.